Thanks for listening to the Mornings with Carmen LaBerge podcast, made available thanks to support from listeners just like you. Encouraging you to live as an ambassador of God's kingdom in the world. This is Mornings with Carmen LaBerge on Faith Radio. If we're gonna fly, we fly like eagles, arms out wide. If we're gonna fear, we fear no evil. We will rise by your power. We will go by your spirit. We are bold. If we're gonna stand, we stand as giants. If we're gonna walk, we walk as lions. Well, good morning again. It's hour two of Mornings with Carmen here on the Faith Radio Network. And if you listened to hour one, you know I made a terrible mess of the very end of the hour. So if you want to listen to me struggle to bring a conversation to an end when my delightful friend and guest is talking about not rushing people through the end of a conversation, (laughs) yeah, go back and listen. Uh, You can listen later today at MyFaithRadio.com or wherever you get your podcasts. You should be subscribing to Mornings with Carmen. If you're not, I don't know. I don't know why you're not doing that. You should be doing that. So subscribe to it wherever you listen to your podcast. Uh, One of the great things about that is then you get all of the links to our guests and the conversations that we're having, the, um, the articles that we reference and the books we talk about. You get the links to those in the show notes, which exist in the description of the podcast every single day um, when you download it. So there you go. Um, It is December the 1st. It is the countdown to Christmas. It's the season of Advent. Um, And I wanted to do a couple of things during the next couple of weeks with you. And so I want to celebrate, um, first of all, that homemade gifts are making a comeback. That's right. Homemade gifts are making a comeback. There's actually all kinds of research out there now that so many more people are, um, they learned how to do things over COVID um, and they're now giving gifts. Um, So my sweet grandchild, Evelyn, has learned how to uh, needle felt. She's learned needle felting. And so everyone is getting egg corns for Christmas, little needle felted egg corns for Christmas, which I think is totally adorable. Um, and that's really fun. What are you making? Are you a homemade gift person? Do you have some holiday hints to share with the rest of us? Um, I think that each day of December in the lead up to Christmas, I am going to share a holiday hint. That's right. I don't have a plan for every day yet, but I'm, I intend to do this. Now, for the record, holiday hints was actually a program that my mom did in Tampa, Florida, um, like for 10 years when I was growing up. And I distinctly remember she would be preparing for months on end for these holiday hints programs that she did um, like at the convention center. I mean, she did all kinds of crazy stuff. My mom was uh, a, a home economics person and she also had a television show. And so holiday hints was this holiday gig that she did every year and people would themselves into these auditoriums and watch my mom do all kinds of things, um, making crafty stuff that you could do at home. So I'm going to share some of the hints from my mom's holiday hints archive. I'm going to dig them out. I might even find a way to um, share some of them on YouTube because I have some of those giant tapes from WEDU in Tampa, Florida from 100 years ago. But I also want you to share your holiday hints with me. So what is your best homemade holiday hint? Maybe it's a gift that you make. Maybe it's a holiday tradition or an activity. 
Maybe it's a decorating tip. Maybe it's something you do to make the holidays holy in your family. So you can you can communicate these with me in a couple of ways. You can always text me your holiday hints at 877-933-2484. But it might be more effective in this case, since we're going to do this over a number of weeks. Email me, carmen at myfaithradio.com, and in the subject line, put the words holiday hints. So email me your holiday hints, carmen at myfaithradio.com, and in the subject line, put the words holiday hints. All right, here's my first holiday hint. This one's super easy. You can definitely do this today. So you're going to take gift wrap. Now, it has to be pretty wide, at least if you live in my house, you need like wide gift wrapped in order to do this. But take wrapping paper and take your artwork off the walls, all your pictures, all your art, take it to your kitchen table, your dining room table, and wrap it. Wrap them up. Leave the leave the wire in the back exposed, you know, or the hook in the back exposed. And you're going to rehang them on your walls. But now they're going to look like wrapped packages hanging all over the place. Um, you know, take the ones that are on your bookshelves. I mean, take all of your pictures, all of your artwork, and wrap it in your favorite Christmas wrapping paper and hang it back up. It's like instant holiday decor for pennies, pennies. And so there you go. Um, That's my first holiday hint of the season. And yes, I will figure out a way to um, wrap. I haven't done it yet at my house. I do it every year. I wrap my artwork and hang it back up. I have not yet done that this year. So I will find a way to get some of that done today and post it um, posted on my Facebook page. So if you follow me on Facebook at Reconnect with Carmen, then um, you can watch me do that silliness later today. Um, all right. And then one more thing. I want to talk about um, cheap dates. I want to talk about cheap dates this holiday season. Now, this could be a date with your honey. This could be a first date with somebody you're interested in. This could be a date with your grandkids, uh, your children, your friends. Like, right, when I use the term date here, yeah, I'm not, I have a very broad spectrum of dates, all right? Could be the kind of friend you, you're you just getting to know and you want to spend a little time with them. All right, so here are some ideas, cheap, cheap ideas um, for this season. First of all, just go look at Christmas lights, right? Not one of those paid things where they make you pay to drive through their section, but like drive around town and look at Christmas lights. People put them up so that they will be seen. Yeah. Um, How about snowshoeing? If you live in a place where it has recently snowed, I feel like taking a walk in the park is a silly recommendation for me to make, but you could go snowshoeing or sledding or ice skating or, um, and, and all of those activities you should top off with hot chocolate. All right, here's a cheap date. Have a bonfire and make some s'mores. I mean, yum. Who doesn't like that? How about a a cup of hot tea and a look at the shop windows on Main Street? Now, I find that you either have to be in a big city or a really small town uh, to make this effective, but that would be my recommendation. That's one of my favorite things to do. Just walk around and look at windows and talk, a, you know, just talk, right? All right, how about having a Santa sighting scavenger hunt? This is a thing that I like to do with my older grandkids who are pretty sure um, that the Santa thing needs some more investigation. So we go on a Santa sighting scavenger hunt. You might be surprised um, where you could spot a Santa this time of year. I actually uh, met a Santa shopping at Home Depot the other day and took my picture with him. Um, and And then there's this, find someone to bless. Strike up a conversation and find a creative way to bless someone else. I'm going to tell you about Betsy a little later in the hour. She is a person who I met yesterday, and she blessed me. 
More on that in just a moment. But right now, we're going to turn to a recorded conversation between me and Andrew Peterson and Chris Wall about the wing... All right, friends, this is really fun. We have Andrew Peterson and Chris Wall. Andrew, for, um, for you guys, really needs not much of an introduction at all. He's been on the show several times. Really excited, um, Andrew, to have you back. We've talked about the Wingfeather Saga as a book series, but really excited to be talking with you about it as a video series and event. And Chris Wall, what fun to have you with us today as well. Um, executive producer um, and also like the person responsible, right, for making this happen. That's what it, that's what they say. Yeah. So I want to I want to start with you, um, Chris. Um, like, how does a book series become this animated event that we're just all so excited uh, to to see? Yeah. Well, it begins with a great story, and we had this amazing set of novels to work from, and then it is about bringing the right people around, and you hold up a great story like that, and some amazing talent will show up, and then you just go step by step. It's not unlike building a building. And we talk a lot about, like, you start with some blueprints, and then you start thinking about digging a hole and pouring some concrete, you know, and it's just step by step, and you keep pulling people through that. Animation is one of the most collaborative art forms, and you get all these technicians and scientists and artists and painters, and everybody comes together, and something pretty magical comes out at the end. Um, the drool is really good. <laughs> the drool is very effective. Spent a lot of money on the drool. You spent a lot of money on drool, didn't you? The drool, the drool, drool is 2D. It's painted by a traditional 2D animator on top. That really? was how we did our drool and our water splashes. We love that kind of handcrafted. We want the whole thing to feel like, and I can tell you the artist who painted that drool. Okay, who is the artist job. who painted the drool? And I don't remember right oh, now. Oh, no, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Called his bluff. That's okay. Yeah. Um, Andrew, we know you from stage performing. We know you from music. We know you from reading. We know you from teaching us and reminding us of words that are hard to pronounce but have changed our like way we think about some things. Mm. Um, and now we get to know you as, you know, as this person who's going to shepherd this process of an animated saga. Has it been different? Has this been different than anything else you've ever done? It has been. There are things about it that are, are different and other things where it's just, it feels right, like it's right in my wheelhouse. Um, the, the scale of it is very different, you know, like doing the Behold the Lamb of God tour, for example. It's, it's, you know, it's about a 24-person crew now when we're out on the road, and that feels, like, massive. Um, but that's small compared to the, this process, you know? I think there were 72 employees at one point yes. um, over the course of the thing. And, like, you know, when you watch a movie, for somebody who's never been through this before, like, now I know why all those names are at the credits at the end of every movie is because it takes a ma an army of people to make something like this happen. And so, uh, so yeah, that's, that's why it's been such a joy to, to be a part of this is because I just feel like I'm like one of the Jenga pieces, you know? It's like, it's not resting on my shoulders, but I just get to be a part of this amazing team. So my kids and grandkids have all read the books. How close is their experience in the theater going to be to their experience of reading the books and falling in love with these characters? I think it is very close to the heart of the story that they read in the books. Um, I mean, there are things in the books that don't work on screen. Yeah, you can't do it. You, know, you yeah. just can't do it. So yeah. there's like little moves here and there, but like what, what's been so fun about being a part of the process is I feel like we nudge the story closer to the real heart of the thing and the process of turning it into a series. 
We're talking with Andrew Peterson and Chris Wall. We're talking about the wing feather saga. You're going to be able to um, experience it online. Let's remind people how they're going to do that. Well, we're going to do some YouTube live streams. That's probably the easiest place for a lot of people. And then they will find us in Angel Studios app. Always free. That's kind of the cool thing about our show. We're community supported all the way through. And people that love it can join us and help and make more stuff. All right, um, so we're going to take a very brief break. When we come back, more with Andrew Peterson and Chris Wall. Hey, did you hear the news recently? There are now 8 billion people in the world. My name's Carmen LeBurge. I am one of them, and so are you. So let's all praise the Lord. Here at Faith Radio, we are telling the whole world about Jesus and helping believers live out their faith every day. If you'd like to help us do that, you're still needed. Your financial support changes lives. You can make a difference with your gift right now at MyFaithRadio.com. Help us reach the world for Jesus Christ. All right, if you missed the first part of this conversation, you're going to want to go back and grab it later at MyFaithRadio.com. We're talking with Andrew Peterson and Chris Wall. We're talking about the Wing Feather Saga. No longer just a book series, now a video event. A, a, and it, it won't just be one season. I understand we're, like, hoping and working towards several seasons. Seven, if we can. Seven is the plan. All right. And yeah. then, you, you know, this is an angel project. So that means if you're out there and you want to be an angel investor, still opportunities to do that as well. Um, when you guys think about what happens in this first series, are there, um, you know, is there like a hinge event that you say to yourself, that's where this particular character becomes more fully revealed, or that's where this, that's where our understanding of like, hmm, music isn't just music. Mm-hmm. Like, are, is there something in here that you're, that you say to yourself, oh, that's a hinge for me? Well, I think uh, the episode three for me is the moment where it's like things really kick in. Because there's a lot, you know, book one is this way too. There's a lot of world building that has to happen. You lay the groundwork. You you spend some time in the Shire before the big journey to Mordor. And so it's that, that, that it feels kind of the same. It's like, okay, we're in Glipwood. We're learning about the animals and about this family. And episode three is where things really kick in for me. But really, there's a part of the fun of doing a show like this is that you tease out those, those reveals, you know. Um, you you share just enough of that character um, to keep you interested, you know, so that yeah. there's still surprises along the way, and that happens through the whole time. You know, it's like the there's still going to be surprises in the characters by the time we get to the last episode of the last season. Yeah, there's so many layers um, in these books, and therefore there's so many layers in the Wing Feather saga. Um, identity, sacrifice, there's a whole subversive thing going on here. Um, I mean, and maybe a generation from now, it's going to seem even more subversive than it seems as we're reading and watching it now. Um, and so I just appreciate that. I appreciate darkness is real. And I appreciate that there are not only real dragons, but there are people who become less than they are. And there are people who discover that they're more than they are. There's so much in here. And so I'd, I want to say thank you on behalf of you know, people who not only like good literature, but want to have really good things for our kids to watch and engage in. Um, so, you know, thank you for doing this. Man, thank you. I, in, as a dad of six kids, like I'm fan number one here of, of helping to show characters who have to make real choices about their identity and what's going to happen to them. And what we get to see unfold in season one is just the beginning of that journey. But all three characters go through significant change. And I uh, can't wait for people to see it. Yeah. Your kids were little when you started this, Andrew. Mm-hmm. They're not little anymore. 
right? Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, so when you think about the very first thought you had mm -hmm. about what we now know as the Wing Feather Saga or the Wing Feather series, like how long ago um, is this in your mind? Uh, it w book one uh, was started, we did the math on this, between 18 and 19 years ago. Um, our daughter was one, I think, when I started writing these stories, and now she's 20. And so, uh, and Aiden, you know, my oldest son, all three of the kids are in the arts in one way or another. Um, but Aiden is the visual artist uh, of the family, and he is one of the background designers oh, and character that. designers for the for the show. Like hired legitimately by mm -hmm. our art director, and uh, and is I can't imagine how this feels to him to have grown up with these stories and then to get to have a say in the shape and look and feel of the world is pretty crazy. It's so exciting. Yeah. Andrew Peterson and Chris Wall, um, thank you both so much for talking with us today on Mornings with Carmen. Um, there, we're going to have a whole lot more of this um, if you're listening, and you can check it all out. Is there a particular website you're going to send them to? I mean, I'm going to send them to the rabbit room, but that's probably not the right place. Wingfeathersaga.com is probably the, the best funnel for this, yeah. <laughs> Wingfeathersaga.com. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LaBurge. This is Faith Radio. Carmen LaBurge. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen here on the Faith Radio Network. Um, thank you again to everyone who participated in our one day only done in a day winter fundraiser on Tuesday. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so many people gave so generously. If you love and appreciate this ministry and you want to give a year end gift, there's obviously still time to do that. You just go to myfaithradio.com and donate. If you listen on the Faith Radio app, there's a way to give there as well and support the ministry. Um, if you're listening and you want to give us, uh, a, a, I don't think you can give us a call, but you could text the word give to 877-933-2484. Again, text the word give to 877-933-2484. Um, if you call us, yeah, I don't know. You have to navigate some kind of system where you're going to leave us a message and we're going to call you back and that's going to be a mess because nobody is here except Paul Perot and Carmen LaBerge. And we can't answer the phone because we're doing other stuff. So there you go. Um, lots of opportunities and options for you, though, to connect with us digitally. And we love to do that. The text line's always open. You can text me anything, uh, particularly your holiday hints. Thank you to those of you who are sharing holiday hints with me. Thank you for those who have already emailed me your holiday hints Carmen at MyFaithRadio.com, subject line, holiday hints. We're going to share one every day. Today's holiday hint, take your wrapping paper, your Christmas wrapping paper, take all your artwork down off your walls and wrap them up in your Christmas wrapping paper and hang them back up. It's an instant way to decorate. It's so happy and joyful. Um, and it'll give you something to unwrap on Christmas Day. If you don't get a lot of gifts, you still get to unwrap all your artwork, which is super fun as well. So there you go. Okay, a couple of headlines here um, as we move into a conversation about getting off of the sidelines politically and into um, things that are happening in our country. So here's a couple of local political headlines. So if you lived in Louisiana, you might be interested um, to know um, who's on the school board because you might want to give them a call today. 
because there is a teacher in the University Elementary School in Shreveport, Louisiana, who has chosen to use the term MX as opposed to Mr. or Ms. or Miss or Mrs. um, in order to do what? Well, because this individual enjoys, quote, confusing kids. That's right. The teacher claims that she enjoys causing her students to be confused about her gender identity um, and is uh, having an awfully good time um, confusing students. Now, I don't know about you, but um, that makes me sad and wants me and makes me want to be engaged in what's happening um, on the local level there in a public school. How about the city council or in the city of San Francisco, what's known as the Board of Supervisors? The Board of Supervisors in the city of San Francisco has approved a policy officially allowing police to arm, arm with deadly force, robots. Mm-hmm. They're going to arm robots with explosives. Why? To kill or incapacitate people in extreme circumstances in order to protect law enforcement. Mm-hmm. In an eight to three vote, I mean, this, this falls into the what could go wrong category. What could possibly go wrong? What could possibly go wrong? Now, these are going to be human-controlled robots. I get that. And only uh, a handful of people are going to be authorized to, um, uh, to, to say that these robots could be used with deadly force or the deadly force option um, used. In, but you know what? Once you arm robots with explosives and you tell them that they're allowed to kill or incapacitate people, um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like maybe some Christian influence might be good on the Board of Supervisors in the city of San Francisco. Hey, Christian influence would be good at all levels of government. You've said it. I've heard you say it. We've all said it. Hey, with all the good and godly people in the country, with all the Christians in the country, why don't we have better candidates running for political office? If we're the government by the people, then why aren't good principled people stepping forward to run for government? Terry Hasdorf did. And now she's telling you and me how to go and do likewise. The book is running into the fire. Why more Christians need to be involved in politics. Terry joins us next. You're on Mornings with Carmen. Come and worship. Come and worship. All right, joining us now, Terry Hasdorf. Um, Terry has a brand new book out. It is called Running Into the Fire Why More Christians Need to Be Involved in Politics. And Terry has a story um, of her own to share as well. Uh, Terry, welcome to Mornings with Carmen. Well, thank you so much, Carmen. It's great to be with you. So I want to share with you this. Talia is listening, and she just texted in, and she said, Amen, with lots of exclamation points. We need to be the light, (laughs) all caps, in the dark place that government is. I can't wait to listen to Terry. I'm newly getting uh, deeply involved in politics where I live, but I feel lonely as a Christian. I'm trying to identify other believers in this space so we can band together in prayer and make better policy, although I know policy alone won't really fix the problems. So at least for Talia, Terry, invite us into running into the fire. Sure. Well, you know, I wrote the book after running for Congress myself, and um, I took over a super PAC. Sorry, I'm still getting over a cold. Um, I took over a super PAC after that and learned a lot through that experience. And God just really put it on my heart to write this book, to equip others with 
practical information on how you can get involved and be more effective. But, you know, one of the things that I tell people is the reason I named it Running Into the Fire is because I was talking with a friend of mine who had also run for Congress about the same time I did. And I asked him, why do you believe Christians shy away from being involved in politics? And he said, well, because they're afraid of it. They think of it as being dirty and corrupt. And I said, yes, that's exactly what I hear over and over. And he said, but you know, what they really need to be doing is thinking of it more like people who are in law enforcement or people who are Mm. firefighters because they're trained to overcome their fears. And instead of running away from the burning building, they run right into it. And I thought, you know, that's exactly it. As Christians, we're called to walk in faith, not fear. And, you know, if God calls you to do something, he equips you for it. And what more important uh, place in in many ways to serve than in the, the mountain of government because that mountain is the one that influences and and touches all the rest of them. So it's such a critical time for people to get more involved, and that's really um, what this book is designed to do. It's designed to empower you to know better how to do that. So um, politics, it is dirty. It is a little bit dark, um, but it's worth it, particularly in a country like uh, like this one, in order that this would continue to be a country that not only we would want to live in, but we would um, leave for future generations um, better than we found it. Talk a little bit about your path, because your interest in this was ignited by an experience of seeing what was happening somewhere else. Absolutely. Well, you know, what really kind of put me on this on this journey was when I was in high school, um, I was selected as one of 40 student leaders to go to the Soviet Union on an exchange program. And I was there for over three weeks. Uh, we traveled to seven different cities and I saw firsthand what communism and socialism looked like and the hopelessness, the oppression, the lack um, you know, people standing in line for hours to get bread and milk and things that were just basic, um, you know, food items. It, it was just heartbreaking. Um, and I came back here, and after three long weeks in, in the Soviet Union, I literally, when my plane touched down at John F. Kennedy Airport, I got down on my hands and knees and kissed the ground. I was so grateful to be an American. And I have never taken for granted ever since what I saw there and what we have here. Um, And I think so many people just don't understand. They've never maybe been outside the United States or never really looked into what socialism is really all about. Socialism is basically a transition to communism. Um, And, you know, our country has never really been closer to the brink of that. Um, Socialism at its core is about replacing God with government and freedom with tyranny. And so that was um, part of what I, I talk about a lot in the book, because we just can't let that happen here. Yeah, we're talking with Terry Hasdorf. If you recognize her name, um, it's because she has been engaged since, or really since the days of the Reagan Revolution, which inspired her. Um, she has served in the White House Office of Public Liaison, now called the Office of Public Engagement. She's worked with faith leaders across the country. She not only served on Capitol Hill, um, but she has run for office herself. And she comes to us today with a book that's really a, a guidebook, a handbook, um, uh, a look into what happens and how it happens when you engage in the politics of the day here in the United States of America, running into the fire, why more Christians need to be involved in politics. Um Terry, talk with us a little bit just about your own experience on the inside, because you've worked at the policy level. You've also worked at the political level in terms of a super PAC. Give us a little bit of a window, like what's going on in there? We 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 sort of 
the political world is a little bit of a mystery to those of us on the outside of it. Mm. Well, and that's kind of what I'm hoping to decode, demystify some things with, um, because, you know, I think what people really don't understand is that um, even just one person can really make a difference. I've had people say Mm. to me, you know, well, I'm just a mom or, um, you know, just one person, what can I do? And I'm like, well, first of all, you know, I'll take a mom, a mama bear that's fired up over something. It can be very powerful. And uh, you should never discount that. Um, But, you know, politics is really a numbers game. And if we're not even playing, then um, first of all, we don't have a right to complain. And second of all, um, you know, how can we expect to win? So, you know, when I look at the fact that uh, 64% of Americans identify as Christians, Hmm. that's the majority. And yet, according to the Jonathan Project, more than 40% of evangelical Christian voters in the United States are not even registered to vote. Hmm. So, you know, (laughs) that's the You can't pull a lever. Yeah, you can't pull a lever if you're not registered to vote. And then I don't really want to hear you complain. If you didn't. If you didn't vote, I I don't want to hear you complain about the politics of the day. Yeah, no, I'm 100% with you on that. Well, and, you know, it can't stop voting. I mean, what I really try to uh, encourage people to do is you've got to get involved. um, You've got to vote. But that's not just voting at the ballot box. That's voting with your time, with your wallet, Mm -hmm. with your social media influence, with all the things that are, you know, available to us. And, uh, you know, knowing how to undergird and support those who are really um, the right kind of candidates is one thing that um, I try to teach people more about, but then also making sure that people understand the importance of doing your homework on candidates. You've got to treat it more like a job interview than something that we just make a a quick, uneducated decision about a couple of minutes before we go in um, to vote. It's really something that, um, you know, uh, many times in primaries, uh, in a lot of states, that is the election. It's over in the primary. If, if um, you know, one party in particular is in, in uh, a greater majority. So um, that is that is something in particular where a lot of people don't even vote um, in primaries. And I'm like, oh, gosh, in my race, um, that was that was the race. It was over after the primary, pretty much. So um, that's a critical time. All right, we're going to continue our conversation with Terry Hasdorf here. She's a former congressional candidate. She's got more than 20 years' experience in government and politics. Um, she started her career in what's now called the White House Office of Public Engagement, working with faith leaders from across the country. Then she served on Capitol Hill for six years, eventually returning home to Alabama to run for a seat in the U.S. House of Representatives. She comes to us today with a brand-new book, Running Into the Fire, Why More Christians Need to Be Involved in Politics. You can engage directly with Terry and learn more about the book and everything else she's up to at godovergovernment.com, godovergovernment.com. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LaBurge. This is Faith Radio. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen. As you know, this is a rebroadcast of the live radio show we do every morning on the Faith Radio Network. There's a lot going on at Faith Radio. I don't want you to miss any of it. So check out the free resources just waiting for you and for you to share with others at MyFaithRadio.com. One of the things I would like for you to consider is becoming a Faith Radio ambassador. We talk about walking our faith out into the world that God so loves and doing so in ways that honor Jesus, well, that's because we are ambassadors of the kingdom of God. You can become a Faith Radio ambassador today and help us get the word out to others about this and other programs on the Faith Radio Network. Uh, We will supply everything that you need to share with others, and you can sign up to be a Faith Radio ambassador at MyFaithRadio.com. 
Continuing our conversation with Terry Hasdorf, you can find what we're talking about today at godovergovernment.com. The book is Running Into the Fire, Why More Christians Need to Be Involved in Politics. All right, Terry, let's just, uh, let's just, we'll just do something practical here and you can help us understand how this might all work. We'll just imagine a candidate for a moment, okay? We'll imagine a person well-informed about what's going on in the world, uh, motivated with, you know, with some level of platform, uh, has gone so far as to buy the URLs related to their name and a congressional run. Um, but in a conversation with people who they thought they should talk to, like, right, people who are engaged politically where they live, what they heard is, oh, no, you got to be able to. All right. Well, before we can even have a conversation, can you prove that you voted in the late in the last eight uh, primary and um uh, and general elections in your county and in the state, um, and you always voted for the same party, for our party. Um, and um, can you bring a million dollars? Like, when that's the starting point for a conversation to run for something, I mean, you just, I got to tell you, like, before you even get any further, you're def- you feel defeated. Well, you're exactly right. And I think what most people don't realize is that um, running for office uh, is becoming really all about money in a lot of ways on a level that I, I think most people kind of realize that, but I don't think they realize how much it's, it's um, uh, almost going out of control. Um, every election cycle <clears throat> continues to get more and more expensive. And 2022 was the most expensive cycle on record. Um, 2024, I'm sure, will be higher than that. We've created a new growth industry in this area. And if you're not a multimillionaire, and you're not willing to take millions of dollars from people that will pretty much, you know, want to a lot of times have a lot of influence with you. And once you get in office, um, where do you go? There, the, if you're a Christian like me and, and you, you know, uh, say, OK, I know God's calling me to do this. I'm going to jump in and run. The place that you go to are to other like minded believers who um, many times have, you know, resources. And when you go to them and you tell them, hey, this is what I feel like God's calling me to do, and they say, well, I'm sorry, we just don't get involved in politics. Mm. What are you left with? So one of the biggest things that, you know, I almost named this book less than 1%, Mm. because that's the percentage of Americans who gave to political campaigns in the 2016 election cycle. Wow. Less than 1% of the population. So, you know, when you look at it from the numbers standpoint, (laughs) No wonder there's only a very certain type of person that can get in anymore. And that's got to stop because that's not true democracy anymore. We're, we're very quickly isolating out, you know, um, a very uh, vast proportion of people. So um, one of the ways to reverse that is for more people to start giving to campaigns of people that they have really home, done their homework on and researched out. But you, you have to think of it almost like starting up a new small business. You know, businesses need seed funding. And and how do they get that? Well, many times it's from crowdsourcing. So, you know, um, there's no difference. When you're running for office, you have to pay for staff. You have to pay for marketing. You have to pay for everything from flyers to yard signs to TV commercials, which are the most expensive thing. And every dollar counts. So, you know, when people say to me, well, I I might only be able to give like $25. What good is that going to do? To a candidate, that can make an enormous difference because um, in some places, you know, $25 can buy uh, 
you know, quite a few yard signs or can buy um, even a couple of air spots on, on radio or, you know, there's, there's uh, another component to this too, that even if, if it's just $25, that $25 means that you cared enough to write a check, mm. you cared enough to give some money. So you're probably going to definitely vote and you're probably going to tell other people to vote. So to a candidate, that means the world. Yeah. So I really encourage a, people. Yeah, you're going to put a Go sign ahead. in your yard, which I also think is like a big deal, right? Like if I'm willing to put your sign in my yard, I'm willing to say to others, I've done my research, I've done my homework, here's a candidate who I have interviewed for the job of serving as whatever it is. Um, and and I got to think if I'm going to put you know your sign in my yard, I'm going to be willing to talk about you. Um, and mm. that, that's huge to a candidate or at least that's the way I feel about it. No, it absolutely is. I can tell you that means so much, especially, you know, you have to remember, it's kind of like running a race. I mean, they call it running, mm. <laughs> running for office for a reason. It's a marathon. It is, it is sometimes a sprint, but many times it's a lot of exhausting long nights. We, when I was running, I had 16 counties. Uh, we put 2,500 miles on a rental car in one week, you know, crisscrossing back and forth to all these different cities and counties. And when you're on the go like that, you're sleep deprived and, and you are, you know, already just kind of giving out all day long. When you drive by and somebody's got your sign out in their yard, it just, it, it's a, I can't even tell you, it's just a, it means so much. It's a confidence booster and it makes you feel like, Hey, I'm not in this alone. Mm, I love that. Um, Terry, if there's somebody listening right now and they're like, you know what, I, um, I, I might be called to run for office at the, you know, at the most local of levels. Um, talk about the importance of that. We're not just talking about people who God might be calling to run for Congress. We're talking about all levels of, uh, of governance. And that's really important. Well, I can tell you, you know, so many decisions are made on the local level. It is absolutely a critical place um, for more people to start running for office. You know, school board, um, sheriff, uh, mayor, um, clerk, you know, all the different roles um, that especially touch some of the voting processes. This is a major need for for more people to get involved and run. Um, And even if God isn't calling you to run for office directly, that's okay. You may not be called to serve directly in the mountain of government, but that doesn't mean you get a pass. Because even if you're not called to do it directly, you've still got to help support those who are. And that's where I think the body of Christ really can come into play in a much greater way. Um, so, you know, having the the local offices as a place to start um, is also something that even if you aspire to run for something on a federal level, eventually, um, you know, unless you've had training on that federal level uh, to begin with, um, most places uh, are, are a little kinder, gentler environments um, to start off with. And so I always tell people, you know, go to what you feel like is something that you just have a passion for and that you really want to get involved in and find the person who's in that role now. And, you know, if it's somebody who's doing a great job, maybe go to them and say, hey, you know, what can I do to help you? And just start either volunteering or working with them in some way to learn from them. If it's somebody that, um, you know, uh, may be getting close to retirement, talk to them about it. Maybe they'd be willing to uh, endorse you when you get ready to run. So, mm. you know, there's a lot of different ways you can get involved. Oh, I like that. 
I, I like that idea. That's um that's really helpful. <laughs> um, all right, we have a listener who is wondering um how 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 to learn more. Like, do you? They want to know. Does Terry come and talk to people? How do I engage with her directly? Like, would she come to my church? I like all those questions, so I thought I'd ask. Those are wonderful questions, and yes, I do come and t- talk with people. I love doing that. Um, and you can find me through my website, godovergovernment.com. There's an um, email address on there. If you will send an email, would love to come and, uh, and speak. And, you know, one of the things that is really uh, fun about this is I've been having people contact me and say, hey, we're using your book for our Sunday school classes to teach people mm. about this. Um, you know, it's something where I've had uh, uh, conversations about being asked to even break the book up into sections to teach on it um, that way, because there's just a lot um, there that you can break down and go into a lot more detail about. And I'm happy to do those things with folks in, in any way that makes sense. Hey, we're so grateful for you, Terry. We're grateful for your service to each of us and all of us um, in all of the administrations during which you have served us nationally. And we thank you for this new way that God is using your insight, your experience, um, and your ability to communicate to help all of us engage more actively um, in, you know, in this government of we the people. So God over government, godovergovernment.com is the website there. You can find Terry, but you can also find the book Running Into the Fire. Terry, thank you so much for joining us today. Carmen, thank you. It's been my honor. What a delight. That's Terry Hasdorf. You should connect with her at her website, godovergovernment.com. We'll be right back. Hey, would you join me this morning in praying for Mary and others like her? Um, this is a time of year when we just acutely miss those who have gone to be with the Lord. Um, and just a couple of days ago, I mean, I I just recognized that my sweet husband Jim, as he was as he was driving, like his uh, his affect changed and you know we're we all live in the atmosphere of one another and so like I can sense it when his affect changes and I was just like hey you okay and he's like yeah I'm just missing my brother um, Mary is listening right now and she's just missing her mom her mom went to heaven 33 years ago today um, wondering if just as a kindness to Mary and an acknowledgement of um, those empty chairs in each of our lives we could just spend a minute praying for each other so God we Um, We lift up before you, Mary, and that empty chair that her mom left 33 years ago here, but for the seat she has taken at the feast of the Lamb in heaven. So, Father, we thank you for the way in which you allow us to grieve, not as those who have no hope, but grieve nonetheless. And so we hold one another up today. We bear one another up and the burdens of this life and the emptiness that we feel when those we love go to be with you. So grant us the grace this day of the joy of salvation and the knowledge of eternity. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Friends, thank you so much for joining me today on Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge. You can Download the podcast of these uh, shows from MyFaithRadio.com, or if you subscribe to the podcast, wherever you get your podcast, then you're going to get the show notes every day, which is going to include all the links um, for the things that we talked about. 
Hey, have a great day and God bless. Thanks for listening to Mornings with Carmen LaBurge. Podcasts like this are available because of your support. If it's important to you to hear things that encourage your faith, click the link in the show notes to give now. And thanks.